it's interesting. Our, our industry is evolving all the time, right? We had, we had rigs start. And I remember when Tyrell came back from a head shop and he was told, Hey, I was told I, I was given a $500 commission to make a, a pipe with a dome and nail. And he goes to his <laughs> toolbox and he grabs a nail. He's like, what are they going to do with this? And, you know, we, we've evolved to now buckets and all sorts of turp curls. And there's all these things, right? This is Lit and Lucid, your after-work de-stress smoke sesh podcast. I'm your host, Lit. And I'm your host, Lucid. And we're going to take you on a journey. A journey to discover the truth and find the balance. Every week, we get deep on those thought-provoking topics that ooze out of the cannabis universe. But we also keep it real by illuminating important issues and people in today's culture. So kick back. Consume your favorite cannabis products. And get cozy Cozy in the the Lit and and Lucid lifestyle. lifestyle. Welcome everybody to the Lit and Lucid podcast. You guys, we are here in 2022. I don't know how we got here, but here we are. Uh, We hope you had a really nice holiday season with your family and your friends and you got some much needed rest and relaxation and are ready for a new year. I know that we are. You guys, today we have Chris Piazza. He is the founder of Canna Devices. Chris has been in the industry since 2008 as a glass blower, selling his creations at head shops and concerts in Colorado. It was thereafter that Chris realized his passion for mentoring others on the art of glass blowing. Fast forward to 2018, Chris and his partner started Canna Devices. Today, Canna Devices is 100% U.S.-based, supplying over 10 publicly traded cannabis companies with their pieces. We are super stoked to have you on the show today, Chris, to learn more about your background in glass blowing um, and much more. We've never had a glass blower on, so like this is super cool. Welcome. Awesome, thanks, Lucy. Thanks, Lucy. Appreciate it. Totally, and and uh, you know we're glad to have you on the show. And like Lucy said, this is a first for us. You know we're gonna we're gonna discuss glass blowing, uh, kind of what all Canada Devices has to offer, and and the irony behind that, and how we've somehow made it almost 150 episodes and haven't addressed you know, smoking devices somehow <laughs> with cannabis, it's a pretty intrinsic part of the whole experience. And so really looking forward to, uh, to what all we're going to share today with listeners and, and kind of learn more about you. And so on that note, you know, where did your journey start with cannabis and how did you kind of end up here? And where did my journey start? Uh, you know, it started quite a bit before 2008. You know, I was, you know, I found, uh, actually, I'll never forget seeing my first pipe. I was 14 and this kid came to, uh, came to our school and um, he had like this coat with all these pockets and he, he went to a fish show and he pulls out this piece of glass and I saw my first pipe. And, you know, I mean, I had like whatever cash I had in my pocket, I just gave it to him (laughs) and took the pipe and we went and we used it. And, uh, and I remember it was, you know, 14, we're all dreamers, you know, whatever. And uh, I was like, I'm going to, I want to make these. And I never thought about it again after that. Like, I was just like, I just said it. And then all of a sudden I ended up, yeah, starting to blow glass. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was, uh, it's one of those weird ones. Um, yeah, you know, so I, uh, so my journey started with, you know, a lot, a lot like uh, a lot of us, you know, before there was all this legalization and everything. And um, so definitely been involved. And in, uh, I, um, I just heard a phrase in a, and I'm going to forget it right now. I, I was a traditional market participant. So I had my own little small businesses before, you know, and all that. But as I got over that phase of my life, um, you know, I started to, you know, I, I had an opportunity to work at Copper Mountain right down the street from you guys. And 
I was melting glass on a porch of my condo that I was renting for like one hour a day when the sun was at a certain spot and I could just, you know, just mess around with it. I had no <laughs> idea what I was doing. Um, so that was a seasonal job, as you guys are aware. And as that came to a close, I was living with someone and they said, you know, you're so strange. You're just rushing back from the mountain and, and melting this glass. Why don't you're in Colorado? Why don't you see if you could find somebody to work with? And uh, before Facebook, we had forums, right? Mm -hmm. And so I got on a glass forum and I just posted, hey, I'm finishing up uh, working at Copper. Is there anybody in the area that, you know, is looking for an apprentice? And uh, someone down uh, down in Denver, um, it's at Roan Glass, R-O-N-E-G-L-A-S-S. -S. Always want to give a shout mm -hmm. out to Roan. Tyrell got me started. Um, he gave me, he didn't know who I was didn't know anything about me and welcomed me into a shop and, and gave me this opportunity. Right. And cool. so I started blowing glass with him in 2008, 2009. And, you know, what was really unique and I didn't realize it was he had such a network of, of shops. Um, you guys know freakies, you know, and all that. And so he was a consistent supplier for these, these big chain stores in Colorado. So he had all this work. And so when I started, I didn't have to go and sell. I didn't have to do anything. I just, I just learned the craft and he sold it and it was it. Right. And so I was very fortunate in that. And, uh, you know, I had a couple of jobs and I, I'd, I'd start at like midnight work until noon and then go to the studio mm -hmm. and work until like six, seven o'clock. Right. So it was long days, quit those jobs real fast because of this opportunity. And, um, you know, so worked with him for a couple of years, but then I, I eventually went off on my own. Right. And, and had to had to start now not only create and and make but I had to sell too right and that's a whole nother level of, of work that goes into everything right and so um, you know, I did that for a long time I had about 100 to 150 stores under my belt as a personal artist uh, had a little shop with a couple guys in it and um, I moved back that was when I moved back to Illinois and had this opportunity where I met Robert Bank uh, who later becomes my partner with Canada Devices. He had a he had a shop with a couple head or he had a couple head shops one with a studio in it, and so he gave me this opportunity to work with him. And uh, really, he uh, I just again I just came back from Colorado and and he didn't know anybody in the area. This is where I grew up, but didn't know any other glass blowers. And and it was a couple of days before the end of the month, and he said, "Hey, so it's going to be X amount of dollars for rent, but what I'll do is you got three days here, make as much as you can." And that can go towards rent because I had no money. I was living in my car before that. Right. And uh, so in that, you know, four or five days, I made enough product. I'd been taught very high volume production by Tyrell. So I, in those five days, I made enough for rent for the next month for nice. the studio space. And, you know, he was just really kind of start out that relationship really special. Like mm -hmm. we were both giving to each other, helping, supportive. He had no idea who I was. I didn't know him. And I don't know, it's just kind of how the scene is, right? Like there's a lot of really good people in the glass scene. Yeah. And so we started out there. We, we had a little school there going for a little while. Um, you know, it, it, was, uh, it, was, it was fairly short-lived, but, but we did good when we had it. And uh, then I ended up getting into the scientific glass world and doing stuff for like the DOD and stuff like that. Some crazy things I can't oh, talk wow. about. <laughs> that was fun, you know? And yeah. uh, so that was my whole time is glass. And, and I eventually got my own studio going again, but, um, to where it really gets, gets fun and, and why we're here you know, in 2018, uh, Robert, uh, had 
transitioned from those head shops to working in the dispensary world. And he reached out to me. I love that you started this out by saying you had 150 episodes and nothing about smoking devices, right? (laughs) Uh, So he's in the industry and he's a glass blower and he's seeing nobody knows anything about glass. Nobody knows anything about any of these products, right? Mm -hmm. And he calls me and we we go out to coffee and he's like, dude, let's get a distribution company going. I have all of these contacts. You have all of the artists. Let's put this together and let's make this happen. And that's how Can Devices was born, really. Um, you know, it's 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 interesting to me to find out how many people don't even know where to pack the product in a chillum, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's it's really a, a shame that there's no education around this. And so that's a big part of Can Devices. We we offer education to the butt tenders so that that can trickle down to the to the consumer mm-hmm. because a lot of these butt tenders don't even know kind of how to use a pipe, you know, yeah. or what makes a good pipe. So, um, yeah, so in 2018, we started, we are, you know, I, I just want to clarify, we're hundred percent American made when it comes to glass, all of our glass is American made. And that's what we got started with. Um, we are have now expanded because like you'd mentioned the 10, uh, public companies, we got really lucky, got connected to these bigger, uh, corporations essentially. And as a result of that, now we have a whole bunch of vendors that are coming to us and saying, Hey, can you help us get into those places? We'll let, we'll partner with you. So we have a whole bunch of other companies that are partnering with us. Some of those products are made overseas. Um, and so I just wanted to clarify that, but all of our glass is hundred percent American made by artists in their shop, in their own studio, individuals. We aren't buying from a, from a central place. We actually manage 50 artists full time, and uh, it's like herding cats, but you know, <laughs> yeah. we, uh, my purchasing manager is amazing. She crushes it. And uh, that's kind of what we're doing. So I don't know if that was a little too long winded, but <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, no worries. Um, but we're going to like go back a little bit and then we'll, we'll speed back up Perfect. a bit. So, I mean, Jared and I, I mean, me personally, I think glass blowing is so interesting. I remember like when I was in third grade, we had some sort of class project and it was like for like uh, all the different, you know, like, I don't know, like industries, like whatever those people are called, but I did glass blowing and I don't know why. And I can specifically remember this whole like thing that I created when me and my grandpa like made these like little like scenes with the glass blowing. So it's like just always been very fascinating to me. Um, nice. and a couple weeks ago, we even watched, I don't know if you've seen that, um, holiday glass blowing, uh, series on Netflix. Oh no. It was so freaking cool. Like I watched Pretty the whole cool. series in yeah. one day and it's just like, it blows my mind that you guys can create things without even touching it really. You know, it's like so freaking hot and you guys are like blowing glass and like, it's just a trip to me. So just like super side note, but Tell us about that. Like, were you an art? Do you feel like you've always been like an artist? Like, did you draw or like, where did like it inherently come to you that you're like, I can blow glass? <laughs> you know, it's actually, uh, I've, I've, I've had a few evolutions during the time. Um, you know, so I had just always been interested in, uh, in glass since, like I said, I saw that first one at 14. I've tried to draw. Um, I, I, I'm not that great, you know? Um, and I ended up finding that glass was just this medium that worked for me because I have a little bit of a scientific mind and a mathematical mind. And so what my forte or my specialty in glass was, was high volume production. So making a spoon over and over repeatedly the same way, 
a friend of mine calls himself a, a, an artisan or a tradesman. And, and I see, I see myself more of that route of a glass blower. So what's neat about glass is that it's sort of, there's something for everybody. So you can be an artist and we just had a piece sell for a quarter million dollars wow. in the industry. We've had a seven figure piece sell. And so like, those are your Picassos, right? Mm-hmm. Those are your, your, um, your maestros. And then there's the other side where in order to create a living and you're making production glass, you're still doing the creative aspect and you're still able to make things a little bit unique, but you can make them at, uh, at higher volumes and, and, be able to create a product that's a little bit less expensive that that sells. And um, so I found myself definitely going more to the production side. That's interesting. I noticed that one of the girls on that Netflix show, she's like, oh, I do production glass. Like I make the same thing all day, every day. And I was like, oh my God, like, yeah, like clearly somebody has to make any glass thing that you buy, you know, like it just doesn't come out of nowhere. Somebody's <laughs> sitting there making it. So very, very cool. One thing yeah. they didn't show on the on the show, and we were very curious about, we saw some glass stuff get broken, but I was like, do you guys get burnt? Like, it seems like kind of scary. Yes. <laughs> yes. Cut. That's a part of it. <laughs> you know, it's especially fun when it's like 2 or 3 a.m. and you're just, oh you're in gosh. the zone, so you keep working, you start falling asleep, then you get a burn, and then you get like another half hour, hour, because now you're awake. You oh know? my so gosh. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like, oh part my of God. the life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's... It is an art, you know, and I, and then the other half is it's totally a science, you know, you're like, you're melting glass and I'm sure that there's a lot of, you know, variables at play and, and that's really what really blew my mind is that the variables at play, you know, even, and even in this simple act of adding color to things, it really blew my mind that you have to, you know, I'm not even sure I'm, I have, I didn't really pay attention enough, but I feel like they were just mixing different pieces of glass and stuff together and to try to get certain colors and, it was like, this is so beyond me. I mean, I, I we really take it for granted when we go pick up a glass piece and even stuff is, is, you know, is like as cheap as like 10, 15 bucks or 20 bucks or 30 bucks or a $50 bong or a hundred dollar bong. And you don't take into account the amount of work and, and the thought and, and like the whole process. It's, it's really a lot of, really a lot of work and thought put into it. Definitely. Definitely. You know, I, I, I really think of, uh, of Henry Ford a lot when I was doing production, you know, cause I had to, that's something else that we offer with can devices as artists come on with us, we say, you know, we can, we can pay this amount and the price that we pay is based off of what I used to make products for. So I will never ask an artist to make a product for less than I personally had in my catalog. So what um, some of these guys run into is, Hey, you know, I can't, I can't do 30 of those in a day. So how I need to be able to make more money with it. And it's like, well, let me sit down with you. Let us, let's chat. How are you getting set up for this? And this is where Henry Ford comes in of break down your tubes all at once so that you are doing that in the most efficient way. Do all, you know, do 10 of one color and 10 of another color. And so you're not thinking about what color to use at each time. So like all these little tips and tricks. I'm able to share with these artists so that they can get their speed down because when you're doing production, it, it's, it's definitely a science. It's, it's the art and the creativity side of the shaping, but it's the science of how to get there in the fastest way. Mm. And uh, yeah. So I love that you're keying in on that. It's uh, oh, totally, it's, yeah, I could see, you know, and you mentioned, you know, maestro and stuff a few times and I'm like, I could totally see, you know, I'm sure there's some classical piano playing somewhere and you definitely got a musical mind, which ties back into like the mathematical sense and stuff. So I see it. There's a ton of thought put into all of this stuff. Oh yeah. 
math, math and art, you know, they, they go hand in hand in almost everything, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's one piece you mentioned, and I think this is also a very unique part of your company, and, and that is that you guys are 100% American made. You know, tell us why, tell us why this is a thing. And then also, you know, to, to add on to that, how can people, you know, make sure or basically verify or know that your products are American made? Oh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I love it. You know, we, and I just want to clarify, we were doing this before the pandemic started. So like <laughs> we didn't go all American because of it, you know? Um, so why it's important is, like I said, how I got brought up into this industry, I had the opportunity to have this consistent work and I saw a need for that for the artists because as I've grown up and as I've, as I've matured, I guess, or whatever you want to call it, um, I found that my sales and business side is actually stronger than I gave it credit when I was younger. I was, I said, I lived in my car. I did all those fun things. Right. And as I've, as you know, got married and, you know, family stuff coming and all that. And I was like, man, you know, I found this, I found this other side of me. And what that has offered me is that I can still be a part of this industry in a way and help many artists that aren't good. I mean, artists in, in general are not generally good at selling or managing a business or doing these things. Right. And so I can offer that, that, uh, that support to these artists who have their own families and are struggling with things that they're not good at. So they shouldn't focus on it. And if I can help them with that, or we can as a company, not just me at this point, mm -hmm. then that's where, that's where I can offer that. That's how I can support this need that there is out there. And there's no need to be a starving artist when you're a glass blower and you're on our team. Um, so how can you, how uh, I love it. I love the challenge of how, how can we actually prove it? You know um, <laughs> it's actually very difficult to get artists to share pictures of themselves in our industry. So um <laughs> My nickname used to be Crispy because Chris Piazza, Chris P. Mm -hmm. And uh, our industry, if you're familiar with um, the uh, Pipe Dreams project years ago, there was, you know, we had we had to have fake names. We weren't allowed to go by our real name. So having artists take pictures of themselves is still a little taboo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, I've actually never been asked that. I, you know, I, I'm, uh, I see myself as a person of integrity and... We have a lot of different artists. I could show a list. I can, uh, you know, all of those things for sure. But what is neat from the customer side for, for us, our customers, when they purchase a product, it's very clear that, so like a Fritz spoon, I, I don't have one on me. That's, that's a spoon that has solid color on the inside. Okay. And that's one of our styles. We have 10 guys that make that product. Okay. And so when a company orders a hundred of them, they're going to get an array of slightly different artistic tastes to each of them. And so you can see, you can actually put them in little piles. They're all the same. So from a distance, they look like a Fred spoon. Mm -hmm. When you start looking close, you can see, oh, this, there was a, one artist that made these, one artist that made those. Huh. And so it, it's uh, definitely, there's that uniqueness. It's, it's, uh, that's definitely something you could see from us. Interesting. I guess I'm thinking of it as like from a consumer standpoint, you know, I feel like I go into head shops and 
I mean, I could be completely wrong, but you know, like, especially like the low end glass, like you're like, it's all kind of the same. Like, where did this come from? Like, maybe it didn't come from here. Like, you know, it could have been from China. I'm not really sure. You know, it's only like three bucks or whatever, just to get like a quick pipe, you know? So is there a way, I guess, like when you go to head shops, like, are they aware of like where the glass is coming from or something? Are there like questions you can ask or like, how can I make sure I want to get that? You know, like I want an American made pipe. Oh, definitely. You know, so, um, what you can what you can always tell from an American piece is it when you pick up something that's an import, it feels like a light bulb. Mm-hmm. If it feels lighter than it, you think it should, that's a telltale sign it is not American made. If it feels heavier than you think it should, that is a very good sign that it's American made. The other thing that you can do is when you look into a pipe, if you look on the inside, even if it's solid color, if you look on the inside, it should all be smooth. And all the glass should be melted in and it should be nice and smooth all the way through. A lot of import products are not smooth. And so there's little pieces of glass that can fall off because it's not actually completely melted together. And so these are a couple of little telltale signs. The other thing that we make sure is the functionality is just as important as the aesthetics. So our bowl hole is not going to be, you know, two inches wide or a pinhole. It's always around three millimeters in that ballpark because that's generally the best um, the best for the filtration and so to not get so much, uh, some people used to call them Scooby snacks or whatever you want to call it, you know, suck through, um, you know, and then the carb is another one. As long as the carb is bigger than the hole that's in the bowl, it's going to clear. And so if you huh. just think of Jared, the science, right? Yep. If the hole in the bowl is too big and the carb is too small, you can't get fresh air to come through. Mm-hmm. Right. And so these are the little things that you're going to get from an American pipe versus something that's just kind of being slapped together overseas. Nice. That's the, that's what I wanted to know. (laughs) I think that's cool too. Yeah. And in to highlight in a couple of things you said here, you know, I love that basically instead of just, you know, farming it out as production work overseas or something like you're giving people an opportunity here on shore in America to practice their craft and to be a part of this. And, and I love that somebody like you has, has recognized really the problem here and how these people can make a living doing this is really just like the sales and distribution and, and getting the stuff out there. And so you've really taken a lot of sweat off off of them of, of saying, you know, we have the distribution in place. I just need people to, you know, perfect their craft and, you know, help me out and, and kind of make this stuff. And I think it's really like a perfect marriage. It's a win-win for both of you guys of, of like people trust you because you're very knowledgeable. And there was a lack of, you know, knowledge on that end of even on the consumer and the purchasing end and probably even with some of these, you know, head shops and dispensaries, not really even knowing what to look for. And they were probably buying, you know, cheap glass or something too. And then mm-hmm. they could probably got burned a few times. And so I really think you've from the ground up, it, it's really incredible how your whole story started at 14 and you kind of threw it out in the universe of like, I want to do this. And <laughs> the universe is like, well, you know, I'm going to blow your mind here, you know, check this out. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, now you're kind of like, you're really in the middle of the whole thing from the bottom up of you, you know, work with these people who you've, you know, I'm sure you look back and you're like, you know, this, this could have been me and, and this could have been how I got my start. And I'm really hearing a lot of that of like the network really in this whole community is, is really, it's powerful and it's necessary, you know, and you have to be able to, to rely on that network to kind of get to the end. And, and so I think that's what's cool here. You basically built this whole ecosystem all the way from the source of, you know, these artisans and these artists and uh, tradespeople to the end of you know, delivering this high quality glass to, to dispensers. I think that's really, you know, remarkable, really. So give yourself a pat on the back at some point. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I appreciate it. You know, there's there's definitely there's there's a handful of other distributors that are, are um, that are in the industry. What what makes us unique is we 
have we 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 don't bring artists on in order to spread out what we offer as products to our dispensaries. We bring artists on to to help us produce what we have. And what that offers us is the ability to offer full-time consistently. So there's other distributors that'll that'll buy a large amount and then they don't really need to reorder for a year or two years. And so these artists will get like a nice big chunk of cash and then they're left hanging for a while, you Mm -hmm. know? And so that was the, that was a specific change that I wanted to make about candidates so that when somebody comes on with us, they don't have to worry about it anymore. Interesting. And then I was looking on your website. uh, I saw a lot of the pieces, at least that I just saw on the front page were all like clear glass. Do you guys have like a specific look for what you guys make or is it different or? So we have an artistic line, which is called our bank glass line. That's our, the can devices artistic. That's our, that's our line of, of, of uniqueness. And so we really allow the artist expression to come out inside of a, um, inside of a circle of, of a style, right? Mm-hmm. Then the clear glass is our, is our uh, promo pipeline. So what that is, is uh, that's promotional, promotional glass, essentially still American made, uh, all handmade. And, uh, we can actually put a dispensary's logo um, on a pipe. Mm-hmm. And so we can actually do that for anybody in the cannabis industry. We put, we put their brand on a hitter and that's our, our most inexpensive version. we also have a spoon, steamroller, nectar straw, joint holder, and uh, a chillum to be able to put branding on. Mm-hmm. And this started um, back, I think I started that about six or seven years ago and it was, it was too early. The industry wasn't ready to start putting their brand out there yeah. at that time because everybody was still scared. Well, what if a cop finds a pipe, you know, and now <laughs> is my dispensary going to get in trouble? And these days we're, we're beyond that at this point. We've evolved as an industry. And so that's that's sort of become our uh, a pretty large portion of our glass sales. We do the branding for all of those 10 public companies. So when you go into those types of places and you see branded glass, that's probably from us. Nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and that was kind of the last little piece of this is, is you know, these these 10 publicly traded companies and like that's that's a pretty big deal. And I think it's also just kind of like the shining the light on that, like this whole thing is becoming a big deal. Like, did you ever think that you were going to be, you know, blowing glass and kind of working with, you know, publicly traded companies like in this area? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Not. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so quickly, right? Since 2018, like that's pretty quick. Yeah, it's sort of when we, uh, when when one of them picked us up, then the next, then the one next door was like, "Hey, what's going on over there?" And then the next <laughs> one, what's going on over there? And now, yeah, we're we're about to have our 11th or 12th, and it's just uh, it's kind of intense, you know. Yeah. We're uh, we're growing very very fast, and and it's it's exciting, and also exhausting but <laughs> no hey I, I wouldn't have it any other way this is what uh this is it, it's a lot of fun and you know, we're we're trying to double our artist count by the end of q1 of 2022 so we'll have 100 artists wow. um and uh just found out another cool thing i'm kind of excited about our our uh health insurance company actually said that we can actually start providing health insurance to these artists oh, and wow. cool so it's just pretty cool like yeah it's uh no more starving artists, yeah. I, you know. That is so cool. to be okay, yeah. Yeah, they'll yeah, give me chills. That's so cool, you know. <laughs> Look at all you're doing. Yeah, I mean, this is a great story. Even beyond just like the glass blowing stuff, you know, it, it's great to see people like yourself, you know, 
to kind of come on the map and be able to create this stuff and create these opportunities for not just yourself, but others. And these are the stories that I, that we love. And, and really why we created Lit and Lucid is just to show people that, you know, you know big things start small and, uh, and just, to, you know, network and ask questions and just try to get involved. And you never really know how it's going to end up. Even now, it's like if we have artists out there listening and, you know, you're stuck and you're not really sure kind of which direction to go. You know, reach out to Chris, you know, even if, you Please. know, you know, it's something that happens, you know, late next year or something, just, you know, put, put it out there in the universe that, that this can happen. Cause, uh, it's really incredible to, to kind of see what's happening here. So not to keep gloating on that, but I'm curious, you know, what is ahead for the industry? You know, is there new challenges you guys are trying to take on? Is there new types of devices that people are requesting? Um, you know, is there any kind of innovation, uh, that we should expect to see from the glass blowing area or is it just kind of you know, more kind of continuing this thing on and, and kind of, you know, creating more opportunity for people later. You know, so, uh, it's, it's interesting. Our, our industry is evolving all the time, right? We had, we had rigs start. And I remember when Tyrell came back from a head shop and he was told, Hey, I was told I, I was given a $500 commission to make a, a pipe with a dome and nail. And he goes to his toolbox <laughs> and he grabs a nail. He's like, what are they going to do with this? And you know, we, we've evolved to now buckets and all sorts of turp pearls and there's all these things, right? Um, what we like to do as a company is focus on the tried and true. Mm-hmm. So head shops are the space where you're going to get that new cool stuff. That's where the evolution is, right? That's why head shops will always or should always exist in my opinion. Now the dispensaries where our focus is, is really on the tried and true. You need a bowl, you need a, you need a chillum, you need a really basic bong, basic rig. Like that's what we have for them. Mm-hmm. And so basically our most expensive piece retails for like $115, right? And so that's our, our niche and what we want to focus on. But the head shops are always going to have new stuff. Yeah. You know, um, we are starting to offer... We partnered with a company now and we're now doing like vape carts and batteries and papers, grinders, all sorts of things, basically packaging, everything. So a dispensary could come to us and and we don't really put it on the website a ton yet, but a brand new dispensary could come to us right when they get their license and have everything they need to open the first day, you know? And so we've definitely evolved from just the glass. And what that also offers us is the ability to have more cash flow for the artists, mm-hmm. right? These other products just feed in. And, um, you know, I do just want to, I just feel like I need to say that like this company would not be where it is today without the people that have joined us along the way, you know, during the pandemic, we, um, it was not super easy to, to get people to try to change jobs and join us and, and things like that. But, um, we had, we had some people that really, uh, I mean, took just as much risk as us and jumping in with this brand new company that, you know, supposedly was going to do all this stuff. And and we have this team that couldn't be happier with. I mean, I have an amazing <laughs> partner. You know, my wife is super supportive. She's involved with all this. And and my team is just, I don't know, I just couldn't ask for better people around me. So, That's yeah, we're really cool. lucky. That is very cool. And, you know, I, I think you deserve it, you know, and it, and I think, you know, just I could see it, you know, just talking to you. It's, it, this is a great thing you guys are doing and and somebody has to do it. And and certainly, you know, we still have a lot of cannabis consumers to to kind of pull into the fold of cannabis consumption. And, and you know, we're only halfway there as far as legalization across the U.S. So there's still a long way to go. And and somebody's got to be there and, and be the consistent voice and the, and the consistent product producer through all of this. So uh, you guys are doing it. It's very cool. Very cool. 
Well, one final piece, I know you kind of recognized early on, even for yourself, that mentoring was a passion for you. I know you kind of tried to help glassblowers along the way and are still doing that. Uh, But you've also started the nonprofit Startup Syndicate. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about what that organization does? Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, Startup Syndicate is a a nonprofit uh, to help entrepreneurs. So uh, very similar to the glass side, you know, I grew up in a, in a household where money was not a taboo topic. We talked about business. My brother is 15 years older than me and him and my dad would talk about business while I was the, you know, when I was seven, he was 22. Right. And so um, my dad was a CPA and very involved in the business world. And so I was surrounded by these business minded. And I think that's what I came to find myself as I got older, right. That that's kind of what makes more sense to me. And um, I have, a, I have a, a fairly unique group of friends that are all entrepreneurs, roofing companies, uh, you know, all sorts of different, different things. And what we noticed was that my, my, uh, my partner, Steve, and my partner, Mike, Mike comes from the experience of, not, of a little bit of small business when he grew up, but then he had um, long-term corporate experience, then took off on his own entrepreneurship. My buddy, Steve, grew up in a blue collar house, you know, blue collar household, you work until you retire and you stay with the company the whole time. Right. And so we all had these different experiences. And what we want to do with startup syndicate is offer a, um, a unique ability to get information and, and education and support and networking. There's these companies that do that, or these other nonprofits that do that out there, but we don't want to be the corporatized version that's out there, right? You don't need, it doesn't matter what your pedigree is or anything to get involved. And, you know, we're open to everybody and we want to offer that networking. And then the other piece that we want to do, uh, we didn't touch on it too much about the cannabis side, but uh, funding and money is very difficult to get in the cannabis space, right? And that's so, that's also true for new businesses. Mm -hmm. So we want to also have a, the reason we're going with the 5013C is we're going to raise money to give grants to new entrepreneurs. So companies that are at that one year, two year mark where a thousand dollars would be catapulting, yeah. right? I mean, you know, a, a podcaster that, you know, getting a new mic, like whatever, a new camera, like any of this stuff, right? Just a small amount of money does so much in that first part. Right. And so that's what we're going to be doing. We want to have a grant system and a program for, for all these new entrepreneurs. So yeah, that's startup syndicate. <laughs> that's great. That is pretty cool. I totally support it, you know, and we always support entrepreneurs. And so hearing stories like this and people step up to provide the opportunity to basically get more entrepreneurs to, to you know, put it out there and create something. I'll always support that. I think that's very cool, Chris. And, and kudos to you and, and everybody else involved in your team for helping to organize this. Awesome. Thanks, Jared. All right, Chris. Well, thanks so much for sharing your story and more about Canada Devices. It was really, really cool. Like, I love this. Um, where can people find more about Canada Devices? Maybe like on Instagram or something. Yeah, Instagram, Canada Devices, C-A-N-N-A-D-E-V-I-C-E-S. Uh, we're on LinkedIn. Um, and, you know, CanadaDevices.com has all the links to go from there, too. We have a little blog there for, we are talking about glass education. We got a whole cool. blog describing all that stuff. So, yeah, that's where you can find us. Awesome. That's a lot of fun. All right, Chris. Well, we have one final question. Uh, we are the Lit and Lucid podcast. So are you lit or are you lucid? I'm lucid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at work today. <laughs> boy. <laughs> Gotta keep that brain moving. There you go. Well, this, is, uh, yeah, yeah. this has been a lot of fun, Chris. And, uh, you know, definitely keep pushing forward. And, and uh, we're thankful and grateful to have you along this journey with us. 
Well, thanks for the opportunity, guys. All right, you guys with that, I'm Lit. I'm Lucid. And that's it. Laters. (laughs)